0: I want to open today, and, and I just want to read you a scripture before you sit down, and it's a scripture that, is, that ties in really well with our transition series. We've been in a series where we're talking about changes in life, and sometimes we go through periods of change and transitions and threshold periods, and this week I was meditating on this passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Just listen to the rhythm of this this scripture and see what God speaks to you through it. It says, To everything there is a season. To everything there is a season. And there's a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. And then I love the way it ends. It says, God has made everything beautiful. Beautiful in its time. Whatever season you're in, whatever time you are in, God is with you in that time. And God can make something beautiful out of that season that you're in. Scripture says that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to His purpose. Whatever season you're in, God is in that season with you. He's in that season with you, and that's why it is well with our soul. Because He's in the season with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. God makes everything beautiful in His time. Amen. Tell somebody you're beautiful in your time and have have a seat. We're gonna get into this sermon. Thank you, worship team. Amen. Um, I grew up in I grew up in church. I'm a church kid. Uh, and I, if you ever grew up in church or if you're somebody who grew up around church environments, you know, churches have phrases, you know, they have phrases that, that just kind of, you know, you just hear them, you're around them long enough, you hear them and they make sense to you, but they might not make sense to somebody who's never been, you know, growing up in church. You know what I mean? We used to have a phrase, um, when I was growing up, uh, there were, there were a lot of phrases, but one of them, and, 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 and I, and I love this phrase. I love this phrase. We still say it, um, hedge of protection. Anybody ever heard that phrase, hedge of Lord, we just pray for a hedge of protection, you know? Uh, another phrase that we used to hear when I was a kid growing up was plead the blood. You know, plead the blood. Now, if you're not a church person, you go, excuse me? <laughs> um, I, I'll not be pleading any blood, thank you. But first of all, I don't even know what that means. But, but if you're a church person, you know, plead the blood, right? Or another one that we had growing up was uh, on fire for God. You come back from church camp, come back from camp meeting, man, that kid is on fire for God right now. <laughs> that phrase has actually come back, on fire, I'm on fire. Um, but once, one phrase that I remember always hearing around Christmas time is that Jesus is the reason for the season, right? You, you know, we hear that phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. In fact, when you're a little kid, and I'll just tell you this, if, if you've got kids in Sunday school, you can tip them off to this. If you're in Sunday school and your Sunday school teacher, your children's ministry teacher, asks you a question, nine times out of ten, the answer is Jesus, okay? So that's what you learn when you're a church kid. If if your teacher says, hey, Johnny, why don't we hit Billy and and why don't we take his crayons? The answer is Jesus. We just, we don't do, why do do we not bite Susie on the shoulder? Jesus, right? In fact, I heard heard about a Sunday school teacher one time who asked her kids, she said, okay, kids, um, can you name an animal that eats acorns, has a fuzzy tail, and, and lives in the trees? A little boy raises his hand. She says, yes, Mikey? And he says, well, it sounds like a squirrel, but I'm going to go with Jesus. <laughs> so um, Jesus is the reason reason for the season. And it's a good phrase, and it's a true phrase. But as I was growing up, sometimes I would start to wonder, okay, so... Uh, What is the reason for the other seasons that I experience in my life? What is the reason for the season in which I feel depressed and despondent and I don't know who to turn to? What's the reason for that season? What's the reason for the seasons when I feel lonely and I don't know uh, who to reach out to and and I don't know how to, to share what's going on in my life and I don't have anybody to talk to? What's the reason for that season? What, what's the reason for the seasons where I feel lost and I don't know where God is and I can't feel him and I can't experience him? What are the reasons for those seasons? Those were some of the questions that I started asking when I got a little bit older. Maybe some of you are asking those kinds of questions even now today in your life. You're going through seasons and you don't understand the reason for your purpose of going through that season. Maybe, maybe things are good at work, but the relationship with your wife is so... Uh, is so uh, distant and dry that that you don 't even know how to really you haven 't even connected with her in, in months you haven 't even spoken a kind word or and, and there 's just a distance there and you go, Why am I going through this season or maybe things are fine on the relationship front but y- you keep pounding your head against the wall trying to trying to advance your career or get a job or or get a better job and and you 're just in a season of going i don 't understand what is going on why do I keep Running my, running my head into this wall, and this is a season that I don't understand. What's the reason for this season? Does anybody go through seasons like that other than me, Just where you go, I, I, don't, I, don't know what this, I don't know what the purpose for this kind of season is. So today what I want to do in our transition series, I want to I speak for just a few minutes on the subject called the reason for your season. The reason for your season. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, but I noticed this. If, if, if I'm getting ready to go into a good season or if I'm in a good season, I almost never ask God, God, what is the reason for this season? You know what I mean? Like if I give my kids ice cream, they never say, Dad, why are you giving us this ice cream? They never do that. If we go to Six Flags, there's never a long debate about, I just don't understand why we're going to sit, right? Because we don't. We don't don't question God when we're in good seasons. We only question God when we're in bad seasons, right? We only say, God, why, when we're going through difficult times. Because in good times, either we're just enjoying it, or we're taking credit for it ourselves, or we're not thinking about God at all. Come on, somebody. And so when we go through bad times, that's when we start to ask this question, what is the reason for this season? What is the reason for this season? So what I want to talk about today is, uh, and, and I need you to just roll with me, okay? Because what I want to do is we're going to start kind of general, and we're going to get a little bit more specific as we go. Because there are reasons for the seasons that you experience in life. There are reasons for the seasons that you experience in life. Your life is not arbitrary. Your life is not accidental. God did not wind up the universe and set it off on its way, and it's just sort of running out as you... Uh, are, are in it. Um, in fact, the scripture where it says uh, that that, uh, that we all have these seasons, there's a time for every season, for every purpose under heaven. The phrase, the word, the Hebrew word season actually means appointed time. It's not arbitrary. It's not accidental. What Sometimes what we think of as, as an accident, God is calling an appointment. We think we're just going through something and God has actually got a design that he's taking us through for a specific purpose so so the question we ask ourselves is what is the reason for the season what is the reason for the bad seasons that we experience in life and I want to start off general just by saying that sometimes bad things happen because we're in a broken world sometimes sometimes theologians call this the fall they call it the fall. And when they talk about the fall, what they're talking about is, is, a, is, is if you look in the book of Genesis, there's a, um, a, a narrative in the book of Genesis where Adam and Eve had an opportunity to spend time with God in the cool of the evening and, and love God and obey him. And, and God said, yes, but I don't want you to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you read the story, it's an amazing story. They ate from the knowledge of, of the tree of good and evil because they wanted to be God-like. They wanted to be God-like. They wanted to know the times and the seasons, and they wanted to have the answers for themselves, and they turned away from God. And the Scripture says that at, at that time, that's, that's when sin entered the world, and the world became a broken place. And even if you're not a follower of Jesus today, I think you can affirm if you turn on CNN or Fox or MSNBC or any other state, the world is broken. There's a brokenness in our world that, that penetrates every aspect of life. It just, it's just, it is, it is the world is broken. The world is, is, is hurting. It's corrupt. It's, it's fallen, the scripture says. It's fallen. We're fallen. So sometimes the bad things that we experience is simply the result of the, the fact that the world is broken. In fact, Jesus promised us that we would experience the brokenness of the world. In John 16, he said this. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have tribulation. There will be trials there will be hardships there will be difficulties there will be challenges that you will face i want you to know this i want you to know that there are going to be troubles in the world but then he doesn't leave it there he says but take heart because i have overcome the world you see even in the hard times what he's saying is the world is broken and i'm redeeming it the world is is fallen and i am restoring it i have been through death and i have been through pain Jesus is saying, I have been through suffering and temptation. I have overcome all of that. And I know the end from the beginning. The the scripture in Ecclesiastes said that, that, that God puts eternity in the hearts of men. And yet we don't know the end from the beginning. We don't know what God is doing. We don't always know his plan. We don't understand his providence. But Jesus is saying, take heart even in the brokenness. Because I have overcome the world. That means that in the bad times, whether you understand the reason or not, God is in it. When sea billows roll, it is well with my soul. In in the hard times, in the worst times, God is saying, I'm with you in that. So sometimes, this is the blanket general truth. Sometimes we go through bad times because the world is broken. But sometimes what feels like a trial is actually a test. Sometimes the season that you're in, God has put you in the season. Now we're getting a little more specific because he needs to assess you before he can advance you. He needs to see how you're going to respond to the season because he has another season waiting in store for you. But he cannot graduate you into that season until you got what you need to get. In this season. Can somebody, can somebody get with me this morning? Sometimes advancement is preceded by assessment. Uh, this happens in life. If, if, if your child is going from preschool to kindergarten, they're going to assess that child. They're going to test them. They're going to see whether this child is ready to move on. And then from kindergarten, they're going to test them. All of life, we're, we're, we experience this reality. We experience this truth. And that is that there's gotta be an assessment before there's an advancement. I, I, I remember the first time I took my driver's test. There was an assessment. I didn't pass that assessment the first time. I think I felt like it was because I was too too good of a driver. And that the, they didn't understand my 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 moves. Uh, but but we but in life, if you're if you're going to graduate, if you're going to be a lawyer, you've got to take the Law school admissions t- test, if you're going to go into law school, or you've got to take the MCAT, or you've got to take the GRE, some of you have taken the SAT and the ACT, and all these other things that are terrifying, and they feel like torture, and they feel like trial, but it's just a test, because they've got to assess you before they can advance you, they've got to assess you, one of the strangest scriptures in the Bible is, is um, a scripture about Jesus right after he launched his public ministry, some of you remember the story of him being baptized in the River Jordan by his cousin, John the Baptist. And it was an amazing, amazing picture of God's grace and favor upon, upon him because Jesus is baptized and the, and the scripture says that the heavens tore open and, and, a, and a dove comes down from the heavens and the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of, of a dove and a voice speaks out of heaven and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And if that doesn't launch you into a public ministry, nothing will. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good endorsement. But then the very next line says this. Look at this world. Look at this line. It says this. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, to be tested by the devil. Jesus was being tested by the father before he was even being advanced into his ministry. Because sometimes in the testing, there's some things that happen inside of us that build up the strength and the courage and the confidence so that we can graduate beyond the assessment into the advancement. We can move beyond where we are into where God really wants us to go, but sometimes we have to, we have to get tested. Jesus' brother put it like this, and I love this scripture. He said, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. See, the trial was actually a test. Sometimes God is saying, look, I want to see how you respond to success. I need to see how you respond to to poverty. I need to see how you respond to wealth. I need to see how you respond to the good times. I need to see if you're going to be faithful in the bad times because I have some things for you to do, but I need you to pass through this assessment before I can advance you to the next step. Somebody needs this. I don't know who you are. Some of you are in a test right now, and it doesn't feel like a test. It feels like a trial. You feel like you're going, what is the reason for this season, God? Why am I going through this? And God's saying, be faithful. Be faithful because I've got something for you. When God spoke to Abraham, he said, Abraham, I want you to take your beloved son, the one that you have been longing for your whole life, the one you've been praying for, the one I promised you, the one that was a miracle child, and I want you to take him up onto the mountain and I want you to sacrifice him. (laughs) It's a test. God says, I I I want you to take him. And Abraham says, I'm going to do it. And he takes him up and God stops him and he says, look, I... I need it. If you're going to be the father of the faithful, I got to know where you're at. I got to get my finger on the pulse and see where you're at. Sometimes God is testing you, even though it feels like a trial. He's testing you because he wants to grow something in you. And here's the thing. If you don't have it yet, if you're not ready yet, doesn't mean he's going to give up on you. It means he's going to prepare you. Sometimes difficulties are actually a period of development. Sometimes what feels like difficulty is actually a period of development in your life. How, how many of you? How, how many of you know? Uh, if you, how many of you know? Like on a football team, they have what they call rebuilding seasons. Anybody ever heard of a, You football fans, right? The Rams when they lived in St. Louis, their their, their career it was. They didn't have a rebuilding. See, they had a rebuilding career. Uh, now they're eight and zero, which I just find not to be fair. You move to Phoenix, or you move to L.A. Yeah. No, see the Cardinals. It's just I can't keep up with the teams that leave this town. Uh, we got this. We got the baseball Cardinals. So good riddance, Rams. Um, Kansas City Chiefs are pretty good too. So uh, this, could, this could get off track if we start going down town. When I was a teenager, we had a we had a. Uh, I was I was a high school wrestler, and I and, and I was in a tournament. It was called the Lafayette tournament, and I love and I loved wrestling. And I was in this tournament, and I was competing in this tournament, and I was in the final match of the tournament, and I'm wrestling this guy, and suddenly something snapped. I heard something snap in my knee. And finished the match, came off the mat, and my knee was about yay big, bigger than my head. It was a large knee at that point. So we go to the hospital. The doctor says, we've got to do orthoscopic surgery. There are some tissues inside of your knee that have to be repaired. So... We should be able to accomplish it, no problem. So I go into the surgery, they repair the tissue and everything that needed to be repaired in the knee. And then I came out of the surgery and I thought we were done and the doctor says, okay, so now I need you to go to physical therapy. Because even though the damage has been repaired, there's going to be some development that needs to happen in the muscles around the knee. Otherwise, you're going to go through life with a limp. Even though I, 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 even though I fixed the damaged tissue, there's still some development that needs to go on. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to have the full range of motion and use that knee in the way that I want you to use it. Sometimes as Christians, we get pretty excited about the moment that God delivers us. But we don't get excited about the development that he wants to do in us after he's delivered us. God is saying to some of us today, I want to develop some stuff in you and I need you to, I need you to let me develop it because if you don't let me develop it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to walk away from you, but I'm going to put you back in that season. I'm going to put you in a rebuilding season. And guess what? We're going to keep like the Rams having rebuilding seasons until we're rebuilt. We're going to keep developing until I've developed the thing inside of you that needs to be developed until I've gotten through into the thing that needs to be done. You, you can write this down. You will repeat the process until you accomplish the purpose. How many of you have ever been in a circumstance, like a, a, a difficult season in life, that feels a heck of a lot like an earlier season that was very similar? Sent, like different names, different people, Different circumstances, but kind of the same season. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You go, to, you go to a carnival. They got the carousel. Carousel. I don't know why children love the carousel, but you get on the carousel. It's actually entertaining for about three times around. About that eighth, ninth time around, you're ready for the guy to turn the thing off and get off, right? Because it gets a little monotonous. Sometimes in life, it's like, you know what? Gosh, it feels like, it's like deja vu all over again. I've been, I'm in the same day-gone circumstance that I was in. To five years ago. Uh, yep. why, do, why is it that every job that I'm in, I, I get into this, this same kind of conflict with my boss? Different bosses. What's going on? Why, why do I keep going into the same season, Lord? And everybody's like all quiet like it's not. You never. <laughs> God, why do I keep dating the same kind of guy over and over and over again? Now everybody's just totally silent. Like, <laughs> right? Right? Why am I having the same argument with my parents and I'm 35 that I had when I was 15? Why are we, right? God is saying, look, there are some things that I want to develop in you. And until I get them developed, we're going to keep, we're going to go back over the the class again. We're going to go back through it again. We're going to run that back one more time. We're going to go through the season again. If you, write this down. If you run from it, you will repeat it. If you run from it, you will repeat it. The joy of escape from bad seasons in life where God's trying to develop you, the joy of it is that you get to return. After you exit, you get to re-enter, And you get to do it again, just like a carousel. Because God is saying, look, I've got stuff that I want you to do. And I've got a design that I designed you to be. And until I can work it out in you, I'm going to keep working it out Because I've got this design, but I need you to get there. But the only way you can get there is if you let me develop you. Come on, somebody. Did I get this point across? The scripture says this, John 15. It says, the Father cuts off every branch in me. This is Jesus talking. The Father cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more He prunes you so you can be more productive. He's he's trying to develop something in you, not because he's mean, right? But because he wants you to get it so he can graduate you. He wants to move you on. He wants you to go forward. He's going to prune you in order to prosper you. So what I want to do today is I just want to ask this question. I'm not going to preach a long time. What season are you in? And what is God trying to do in you in this season? Because it's an appointed season. It's not an arbitrary season. It's not an accidental season. He's got you in this season for a purpose. There's a reason for the season. The question is, what is God trying to develop in you in this season? Is he testing you to to advance you? Is he trying to develop something in you so that you can move on to the next season? If you ever watch the, and, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I don't like the development periods. I don't like the development seasons. I like the season to laugh. I don't like the season to mourn. I like the season to dance. I don't like the season to weep. I like it, I like the season to sew. I don't like the tearing season. I like the building up season. I don't like the breaking down season. Sometimes God has got to break some things down so he can rebuild something better in you. So what is God doing in your life? What is he trying to develop in you? What season are you in right now? What season? Because I love the way he ends the scripture, he ends the passage. He says this. God has made everything beautiful in its time. You see, he's not... You're not going through these seasons for no reason. He's making something beautiful. You can't always see what it is, but he's got a design that he is working out in you, through you, and around you that is serving a purpose that is far greater than you and far greater than anything that you can even imagine. But in order to understand God's purpose, sometimes you have to seek his perspective. Sometimes you've got to pull back and say, God, I need to get a sense of where you're at because I know where my I know where my head's at. I don't like it. I don't want to be in this season. I'm not happy about this. But God, what are you trying to accomplish in that season? What are you trying to accomplish? I remember one of the hardest seasons in my life. Sam, you can come up and help me with this. We're going to close. One of the hardest seasons in my life, and I've shared this before, but it was the season when my father was ill. And it was it was it was it was an unbelievably difficult season for me in my life, it was many, many years ago. But he was, he had, he he had been diagnosed with a rare disease, uh, a blood disease, and they, they said, you know, there's no hope he's gonna die. And I, I remember I I was estranged from him um, because I had gone down a different path and I had I had walked away from the faith and I'd walked away from the Lord, I'd walked away from the church, I didn't want any part of it. Um I had jumped over the hedge of protection. Somebody, I had hurdled the hedge and gotten out there, and and I I came to visit my father, and he was in hospice, and I remember visiting him, and and he was he was dying, and, and I was standing out in the courtyard, and I wasn't a believer, I wasn't a Christian, I was uh, wasn't a church guy or anything, and I'm walking around the courtyard outside of his hospice room, and. I wouldn't have known what to call it at the time, but now I know what to call it. The Holy Spirit spoke into my heart. I wouldn't have called it the Holy Spirit then. I would have said something strange happened. And spoke into my heart and said, hey, I've been with you the whole time. When you thought you were alone, you actually weren't alone. When you thought you were in trouble, you weren't in trouble. When you thought you were in danger, you weren't in danger. I've been with you the whole time. I've been with you in the good seasons, and I've been with you in the bad seasons. And I've got some better seasons for you, but I need you to let me in. I need you to let me experience. I need you to, I need you to experience what it's like when I come inside of you, and I start to do some development inside of your heart because you're on a carousel. And you keep running into the same kinds of relationships, same kinds of circumstances, came same kind of situations over and over again. But I've got something better for you if you'll let me in. I don't know what season you're in. I don't know if it's a development season. I don't know if it's a testing season. I don't know if it just happens to be one of those seasons where you're experiencing the brokenness of life. But whatever season you're in, he's with you in that season. That's why we can say, when peace like a river attendeth my way, or when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. God has made everything beautiful in its time. Worship team, come on up here. Church, let's stand together. Let's stand together. And today I want to I invite you to open your heart, to open your mouth, and to embrace the season that you're in. Because when you embrace the season that you're in, then you can experience the things that God wants you to experience so that he can expand you into the person that he's trying to make you into. Don't escape from it. Embrace it. God, what do you have for me in this season? What are you working out in my heart in this season? What are you doing in my life in this season? What do you want me to know? How do you want me to grow? Where are you trying to prune me? Because I'm, I'm with you because you're with me. Father, we come before you right now as we close out this service. And we thank you, God, for your presence in the good and in the bad. In the fun times and in the tragic times. God, we are thankful that you make everything beautiful in its time. I thank you for every single person that's here. I thank you for what you're doing in their life, whether they recognize it or not. Whether they're aware of your presence or not. Whether they are embracing the season or whether they're trying to escape from the season. Father, we come before you today. We lift our voices. We sing, Win peace like a river tendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say it is well it is well with my soul father we give you all the praise all the honor and all the glory in Jesus name we pray amen